Welcome to another episode of 15 Minute Friday on Life in the Front Office. Today, I am fortunate enough to have Will Baggett join me uh, from the college football playoff. And he is actually one of our first 15 Minute Friday guests who's not an Ohio alum. So excited to uh, definitely get him on here to talk about his experiences, um, some of the really unique things that he's doing outside of work as well. Uh, as we all strive to uh, kind of be entrepreneurs of, of some ex, uh, some extent. And uh, I'll let Will kind of share as he's an author as well um, and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, Jake. First of all, man, thank you so much for having me on. And I tell you, it's uh, it's quite a pleasure to kind of break with Ohio Mafia. I hear about you guys <laughs> a lot on in the industry. So just thank you so much for letting me join you for the first 15 Minute Friday. Uh, it's an awesome initiative that you started, and I'm not at all surprised. And wish you all great success. I know you're going to have a lot more impressive people than me on. So it's uh, good to start it off. That way I don't have to follow anybody. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. Um, like, like you mentioned here, man, I'm here at the college football playoff. I think I'm about a year and a half in now. Okay. Uh, my role here is uh, kind of the general internal operations. And the best way I can put it is uh, my boss oversees everything, the chief operating officer, whom I report directly to, and I undersee everything, you know, in a <laughs> sense. And uh, it's, uh, it's honestly a role, man, it's very humbling and very service oriented because you're inputting or intaking a bunch of information from a lot of different departments. Although we're a pretty small team here. So I say a lot of departments lightly and you're putting it, you're putting information in a concise digestible form. That's going to hopefully make us all better as a team, more cohesive, more, co- more cohesive and <clears throat> excuse me, also communicating externally to vendors through some of our platforms, such as like Teamworks or Smartsheets. So that's kind of like the big picture stuff. And uh, my role entails oversight of all the credentials that come to the national championship that don't involve media, security, special projects, trophy tours, you name it. So other duties as a sign, as I'm sure many folks can attest to out there listening. There you go. Well, and, you know, some would ask who, you know, that are listening, like, you know, college football playoff, it's only once a year. I mean, what, what else do you do all year long, right? Do you even yeah. work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm in the office right now, man. You know, <laughs> I just had to steal 15 minutes to cut my lunch break short, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm kidding, man. No, it's, a, it's a pleasure, man. But uh, no, it's it's an, it's always an ongoing process for us. Uh, what we do here is we, we plan actually about three years out. And so our executive team and kind of more so directors and up are already taking visits out to Indianapolis. So we have New Orleans coming up in 2020. Then we go to Miami and then Indianapolis. So we're already making site visits out there to make sure we're ahead of the curve. Uh, Aside from that, uh, it's a lot of planning that goes into it, man. I mean, you'd be surprised all the moving parts. And what makes us unique from a standard bowl game is we're in a different location every year. And that's what makes us, you know, have to, you know, work and recharge. And it's because it's a new team, new host committee, new stadium, new kind of championship campus, so to speak, as we like to call it. And that's what keeps the juices flowing. So uh, even now, as we speak right now, our team is on the ground in New Orleans uh, for kind of our first planning planning visit. And we do those about maybe 10 times out of the year. And we kind of infuse within that production meetings where we get the kind of the overall lay of the land and the overall plan. And then we have one in April to kind of lay out the plan. And then in November, that's when we'll kind of say, hey, we're locking it down. This is the plan. Time to execute and time to roll for the national championship. 
Sure. You know, and, and it's kind of a unique thing, right? That's come. I actually remember my time at the Rose bowl. I had worked the first ever college football playoff game. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was between, I think it was Oregon and Florida state uh, over at the Rose bowl. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, not that old. Um, and as you guys are continuously making adjustments and, and things like that, you know, what is, what is maybe something over the last year and a half that you've, you know, noticed uh, or, or experienced throughout your, your time that, maybe people just don't know about what goes on at the college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing experience to be a part of. And I think what maybe get lost sometimes is just the amount of detail and planning that goes into it and uh, how many different vendors and, and people we work with to make this thing a reality. Uh, I can't speak for every department, but from my own purview, um, I look at some of our staffers that oversee kind of our team operations and also, like I said, our championship campus to is credentialing over a thousand media to come to the national championship game. And we're looking at PSAs and scripts and, and just things of that sort. So it's not anything that no one's ever heard of. Right. It's just the level of detail that's required to execute an event of this magnitude, because here we pride ourselves on being the, the CFP and that's co- uh, collegiate cutting edge. Uh, first class and participant focus. So we want to make sure we're on the cutting edge of new technology and whether it's AR, VR, what have you, and make sure we're giving a first class experience to the student athletes, stakeholders, and vendors that are part of it. And we want to be remind, remain mindful of business and that's to to really foster a first top t- first class top tier student athlete experience. So like I said, it's not anything that's, you know, it's just completely esoteric. It's just a matter of setting, right? So uh, we, we're just very fortunate to be in this, in this uh, organization, in this industry specifically. And it's just a lot of fun day in and day out. So to say the least, your acronym of CFP probably has a lot of different meetings internally. Is that, is that fair yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. I probably threw a, a few out there, but at the, at, the, at the core of it, man, we want to really make sure that we're keeping the student-athlete experience at the forefront of what we do. And uh, the, sure. the, the thing about it is we have, we have a headquarters here in Irving, Texas, and we're a team of about 21 full-time, and we have six interns that rotate you know, through annually. So a very, very small team, essentially, to execute a, a very large scale event. And um, I would think back to my my first experience last year and hosting the uh, the president of the United States. And just what an experience that was is planning for the, uh, the the commander in chief to be at a national championship game. And just that level of detail, especially with it being finding out four four days before the game <laughs> even occurred. Um, and that was also the year I got my backpack stolen three days before the game occurred <laughs> that had my laptop, car keys, some of my credentials and everything you can name, USBs, you name it. Wow. And um, you talk about, you know, resilience and having a team around you that would support you and, um, and help you get through that, that tough time. And that's when I realized that I was working for the country. Sounds like we have another story to dive into on another episode uh, because yeah, stolen backpack yeah. three days before that's kind of interesting, but let's, Let's dive into the executive image and and your book, The Blueprint, and kind of how that all came about, you know, what your initiatives are there and and uh, really what motivates you to do all the extra work uh, outside of your typical job. 
Yeah, yeah, man. I, w- I will tell you, man. Uh, I come from a small town. I'm from Grenada, Mississippi. Uh, born and raised, a blue collar family. Mom worked in uh, manufacturing, and my dad uh, built houses for a living. So, hence the blueprint. You know, kind of an ode to him and everything he did, along with my mom, to uh, give us just a positive upbringing. Uh, and I would say, man. Long story short, that I've always had the good fortune of having some outstanding mentors and ending up in rooms I wasn't supposed to be in. And that's just kind of how things came about. And I think when I realized that, uh, how fortunate I was, I realized that it was a responsibility for me to give back to those that may have not had the same opportunities. Because I know that it was a much higher power than me that created that. And I know there are limited opportunities in this industry, especially for someone that didn't grow up watching sports. So I didn't watch my first college football game until I was a freshman in college. I didn't grow up watching it, and it was my first game, like I mentioned, and it was Mississippi State versus Auburn, and the final score was 3-2, to and I vowed I would never come to (laughs) another one of these games ever in my life, and you fast forward years later, here I sit, right, Uh, but just kind of getting back to it, um, I, I was at the time working at the AFCA, and I went into that room at the convention at the national at the sorry the national convention that I wasn't supposed to be in, and hearing a guy named Dutch Bachman talk about executive presence and conduct. And I'm not walking in, and I'm I'm supposed to be delivering a box and being on my way, but then I hear him talking about how to present your business card and how to speak without speaking and emotional intelligence and personal branding. And I'm thinking, where in the world am I supposed to learn this? Like I looked at you know, my undergrad curriculum and my graduate curriculum, I didn't see anything in there about that stuff, right? And I just immediately became hooked. So I just, you know, found a way to grab a water pitcher and pour a few cups of water and uh, as a way to stay in the room. And I just took some notes on my, on my hand. And uh, I just kind of sat on that for a few years, really didn't act on it. I, that was lying dormant for maybe two or three years. But I did know I wanted to write the book. And I wrote that in collaboration with my mentor from the AFCA, Ty Brown. And uh, he was one that went above and beyond as a mentor. And uh, he took me literally step by step. Yeah, when I got to him, I didn't even own a suit, right? And now I'm talking about kind of executive image, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and 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 that kind of mentorship is is just not is just not as as widely known or as, as available as it may have used to be may have used to have been, or even just the level he in detail he went into. So I just really appreciated that, and I wanted to share that with other young professionals to say, hey, this is what it's gonna is gonna take. And at the time, I was working strength and conditioning and what have you and so long story short we got the book done in september 2016 and and since then you know knock on wood we've achieved a five-star rating on amazon and it's also great to you know speak with you and uh, knowing about you know your book and uh, the 20 the 20 uh, success secrets uh, for for college athletes i mean wonderful wonderful read so it's just a uh, it's just a pleasure to be among a, a kindred spirit but i'll also say that uh, the executive image piece it came as kind of a, a way to add practicality, right? So when you read books, you read articles, you gain knowledge, you gain insight. But what's the application? And I'm, I've never been someone that's been kind of on the motivational tick, so to speak. Uh, having worked as a strength coach for three and a half to four years, you know, you get so much of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in this more sophisticated environment we live in now where there's so much information at the click of a button and at our fingertips, people want it more. They want it more like, yeah, we don't know I have to work hard. I know I have to build relationships, but what else? What else can I use? What can I actually put into practice that's going to make me more effective and help me reflect what I know what's inside inside of me? And that's where the executive image came from is to help you reflect and portray the leader that we all have just, you know, burgeoning within us. 
And uh, it's just been a pleasure to serve and just to give back to the industry that's been so great to me. And uh, just been fortunate to work with some amazing partners and, and student athletes. And uh, it's just taken off in ways I couldn't imagine. But uh, each time I think about, you know, kind of my first experience and how I was speaking in a church at a youth program in Coffeeville, Mississippi, there were seven people in the room. And I think three of them had pacifiers in their minds, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, and again, and I, I just never forgot that. So no matter where I am, whether I'm at Florida State or Miami or Michigan State or any of these wonderful partners uh, and, and people that I work with, I always think back to that time. And I made sure that when I was speaking to those seven folks and those, and those few uh, infants in there, they got the same exact performance and same level of delivery that any other you know, institution or nonprofit or company would get. And I think that standard of excellence and maintaining that has, is what has made it resonate and, um, has, and the intentionality has been apparent and it's been just well-received. And it's, and it's just all due to people believing in you because one of the things I like to say all the time is if you don't have support, then you don't have a platform. Right. If you don't have a platform, you have to have something to uphold it. Like what are the pillars upholding it? And that's what I've been fortunate to have is people really just supporting me. And uh, kind of the last thing I'll say is that quote by, um, by Isaac Newton is and he says, if I've seen further than other men, it's by standing on the shoulders of giants. And I've been fortunate to have a leg up by some really, really phenomenal people. That's awesome. And in terms of the experiences you've had through the executive image that you've created, you know, what's, what's been maybe the one that stands out the most? Oh man. Uh, I think just the, the kind of the unwavering approach to wanting to make it better. Right. So we've had some early success in working with some great partners, but I always take this personal accountability to say, okay, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that went great, but how can we get better? Right. And I look at every, every new opportunity as a way to improve improve the content right and i always ask for the candid feedback okay what didn't you like what did you like and so i wouldn't say i could point to any specific experience as standing out because everyone to me it feels like the very first time i'm doing it and i absolutely love um, the opportunity that i'm granted but i would say that it's the folks that have challenged me and uh, just work with uh, texas tech uh, university and uh, he had me come in and do kind of a back-to-back one uh, presentation type style and he also bringing me back in April to talk more on the blueprint, which I have really honestly yet to do, ironically. Although there's some compounding there, they build off one another. Mm-hmm. I've yet to do an exclusive presentation on the book. So I'm just fortunate for people being intentional about their student-athlete experience and preparing them and for how they've challenged me to be better. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as we've talked in the past, you know, the brand is kind of, been something you focused on right and and really honed in on um Mm -hmm. you know we we've talked about uh some best or worst interview experiences on the last couple of episodes (laughs) but i'm gonna ask you how you got your job at the college football playoff because i think it's a really unique story and and some might be able to take some of uh your tips and advice yeah, yeah, sure, man. Uh, like I said, for the for the sake of time, I don't want to turn it to twenty minute Tuesday <laughs> or something. But uh, so I'll be I'll try to be brief as possible. Uh, but man, a uh, long story short, man, uh, just being full, just fully honest, full disclosure. Um, I actually applied for it in twenty sixteen that um, I did not. Right, um, wasn't granted the opportunity. It's a better fit, and so 
what I was able to do was I was able to walk away knowing that I gave my absolute best. I mean, I studied, studied, studied. I could have told you everyone's social security number here, right? That's how deep in the weeds I was in terms of preparation. And one of the things that my coaches told us, told me when I was working as a strength coach was that you leave no doubt, always deliver. And I think that's like a big, uh, a major point of emphasis to where when things don't quite work out, I think people often have regret. And when that opportunity didn't work out, I had no regrets because I knew I did my absolute best. And I can't say I would always done that my entire mm-hmm. life, right? I think a lot of us have these certain skills and things we're good at, and we kind of ride that wave, but we don't seek to get to the next level, right? You may be trying to make, a, let's say, a 93 to get an A, but are you striving for 100, right? Are you striving for excellence or perfection to be elite, right, to be mm-hmm. undeniable? And that's something I can't say I've done my entire life. But at that point, I'd flip the switch because I wanted the opportunity so bad. But uh, this long story short, um, the COO at the time, Michael Kelly, he and I made a great connection. And uh, he watched me after I interviewed here and um, they went a different direction. He watched me on Twitter for, I think, 10 months. Didn't like, comment, retweet, anything. Not a thing, not a word, not a bit of engagement interaction. And at the time, I was working on my book and um, and writing for front office sports and just just grinding it out, man, just doing and just trying to live a purposeful life. And when finally he reached out to me on May 3rd, 2017, and basically said, hey, I've been watching you and um, I like how you've responded to the adversity. And uh, long story short, we're, we're creating a brand new position here. I want you to come work for me directly. And uh, the rest That's is awesome. history. Well, we'll we'll finish the episode on that because I think it was a, uh, you know, fantastic um, story and, and point that you've made in terms of fighting through adversity and and uh, looking to see where you've gotten now and and as you said earlier you know always trying to get better uh, really excited to see you know what the next year brings for you and and uh, looking forward to seeing some more uh, successes and and different uh, stories on LinkedIn etc and um, you know if people want to follow you uh, because you you know you do have that interesting um, story as as you kind of do a bunch of different things. Where can they, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, sure. So I'm on, on the, the, the LinkedIn uh, and Facebook platform is Will Baggett, but on Instagram, I'm W underscore bags, B-A-G-G-S. And on Twitter, W underscore bags, C-F-P. And uh, thank you so much for, for having me, man. It's a wonderful opportunity. And um, it's, uh, it's always next level. It's always about the next person. And that's the, the code. Well, by. it's been a pleasure uh, having you on 15 Minute Friday. And, and uh, as we, I think, conclude our fourth or fifth 15 minute Friday we have yet to hit 15 minutes so uh the people I bring on just continue to talk and uh but we love it you know it's uh it's never a perfect (laughs) science so we appreciate it uh looking forward to, to having you on again in in the near future talking some more CFP and uh appreciate it